Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to 107.7 FM New Orleans. I am your host, Emily Mintzhouse, and you're listening to What the Freak Live, and I have Mr. Oh, I said it. <laughs> Will Martinez. I said Mr. Uh, Mr. 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 I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying. I did, I Why am I Mr.? Week. That's horrible. I feel Mr. old. Rogers. God. She's Mr. Like, Rogers. I'm taking my shoe yeah, off. <laughs> Change my sweater. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should do every single I know. time you come in. Every time sweater. you come, we turn out if I can take off my shoe and put on a sweater and stuff like that. Watch. <clears throat> hey, Eddie, what's going on, brother? How are you? Eddie Wayne's Wayne. on here, too. All right. Wayne Thank you. Thank you, yeah, thank nice you, you for, the, for the art. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thank you, everybody, everybody <laughs> for tuning <laughs> into What the Freak Live here on 107.7 FM. We truly, 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 truly appreciate you. Um, I have Will Martinez with me with Dark Fringe Radio, if you don't mind. Uh, Will, tell everybody what's going on over there. Oh, Dark Fringe Radio. You can check all our stuff out, darkfringeradio.com, and uh, always have new stuff coming out. We haven't come up with a new episode yet. Um, we actually went on an investigation last weekend Ooh. back to the Devil's Tree. So um, I couldn't go live because I lost my son. <laughs> How did you lose your son? Oh, it was an adventure, Emily. Let me tell you. Where did I he lost go? Was he scared? We to, yeah, he was freaking out. He got lost. I got video of that. Um, so he was panicking. He was freaking out. <laughs> it started going dark. So yeah. like it was like it was at a time where like you could tell like it was getting dark right away. Like because he was like getting darker by like the minute. Like within ten minutes, it was from like dark to like light to dark, and he was freaking out. But yeah, um, check us out darkpadrilla.com. Next week, we'll have some real cool stuff. Check it out. But uh, the latest thing that we had was uh, The Rev. So uh, yeah, you can always check out uh, that episode, which is a great episode. So yeah, John Winnington, the, the Rev. And you can Absolutely. see him on a new show that's out. What, what's it? Rev mm -hmm. Roundtable or something? What is uh, it? It's no, The Legion of Exorcists on the travel channel. Yeah. 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 So I, really I, I saw an episode of that. So uh, Dean, yeah, Dean Bertram's here, too. Looking forward to the hey, show. Dean. Thank you, Dean. Dean has a lot of questions, too. I was like, I'm already... Uh, telling him he's probably gonna have to have our guest on his, show, yeah. on his show christopher james hey emily will thank god it's friday hey, yes it is tgif love 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 you emily thank you wayne and we love you too so we appreciate everybody um we are streaming live on facebook youtube twitch twitter and rumble so um the best way you get shadow band all the time especially our guests coming on this evening um share this out it's everybody that's the best way to, to, to share the truth in a lot of the stuff that we're going to be discussing this evening, which is absolutely mind-blowing, which is the manipulation of the mind uh, mm -hmm. that we're going through. And I'm already having technical issues over here trying to get rid of banners and stuff. So, oh, no, for real? Uh, Are you? Pop-ups? Yeah, yeah. Please hang oh, yeah. in there. Probably. Uh -oh. <laughs> Probably. Uh -oh. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows nowadays with all, the, all oh, this Lord. technology? I'm going to introduce our guest. We have yes, a guest on the show that I came across on TikTok. And um, she's absolutely, her testimony, everything is absolutely amazing. And I've gotten to know her a little bit through email um, over the last couple, like six weeks, maybe two months even to schedule her out. Like that's how booked we've been and everything. But I'm so glad to have mm -hmm. her on our show. She wants to go by Dr. C, earned her PhD mm -hmm. in neuroscience and a bachelor of science degree in psychology. Her path took a profound turn when she underwent a transformative spiritual awakening, which was further intensified by a near-death experience. And we're not, I don't even know if we'll get to that near-death experience part, but we might. During her explorations of the spiritual realm, she found herself subjected to what she suspected were advanced technologies, including voice to skull and other forms of human hacking all disguised as mystical experiences. While attempting to break free from this disturbing encounters or these disturbing encounters, she came to realize that the true nature of reality is far removed from the portal seen on TV. Her journey led her to the revelation that there, there exist numerous alternative dimensions, matrices, and parallel universes, all accessible through the phenomenon of reality shifting. So we're going to bring Dr. C onto the show, and I'm so excited to have her on. Thank you, Hi. Dr. C. Thank you for having me. And Nola, I love your city. Thank you, everybody who is listening and supporting, because I really work to get my story out there. And I have been very perplexed why sometimes when I use certain keywords, I'm mm -hmm. I shadow banned. So I'm super excited to be here to raise the awareness of what myself and others have already gone through or are currently experiencing. So thank you. Um, through Thank your you. 
Yeah, well, thank you too. But through your experience, and we'll go into your testimony, is this why you got a, a, a PhD in neuroscience? Was this? No, no. And I'm so glad you asked this question <laughs> because it's really, really important to differentiate what I'm going to share with you and my studies in neuroscience. When I received my PhD, this was before the experience. And I received my bachelor in science and psychology even more before. And so I did not learn about any of this. And I went to a prestigious top 10 PhD program. I went to Georgetown University. It was yeah. incredibly challenging and rewarding and had some of the best faculty, some of the best students. And nowhere in our curriculum did we ever learn about what we're going to talk about tonight. So, so were you a targeted individual then? Do they take these people from these prestigious colleges that are graduating or in these degree fields and, and use them as guinea pigs or no, anything like so that? Now that I'm several years out of the experience, I when I was going through it as a targeted individual, and yes, I was a targeted individual, but I didn't know that I was. What I thought was happening was I thought I was going through a spiritual awakening, even though I was atheist at the time. I wasn't even doing yoga. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't doing anything, anything like that. And then all of a sudden I start having this sensory experience. I go to Google and I'm like, what's going on? You know, Dr. Google, thank you very much. Told me that the bucket of category for me to think about my experience was a spiritual awakening. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm having a spontaneous spiritual awakening and a mystical experience. I started exploring these gifts, these, um, psychic phenomenon, which as a scientist was really hard for me because I was like, <laughs> it's not real. Mm -hmm. It's how could I be predicting the future? How could I be getting messages about what's going to happen? How could I have visions, remote viewing, things of that nature? And even though I'd always been very sensitive as a girl, I, I, I felt like it wasn't socially acceptable, especially as I was going to be a professional scientist. And so I closed up all of those doors in my life. And so what ended up happening is that I became very straight laced throughout my adulthood. I finished my PhD. I was going to go into academia, decided that wasn't the right fit for me. I went into business. Um, I was an executive for an education company in Texas, a late stage startup. And that's when I started having the spiritual awakening. Then I start having these experiences. Then I had a near-death experience, which I agree with you. Maybe this isn't the right venue for it, but I feel like it is very No, it totally is. No, yeah. Just go right ahead. Because other people who have had near-death experiences, some of my followers on TikTok, we've corresponded, um, have told me that this has also happened after their near-death experience. But I also know other people that just randomly woke up and suddenly had voices in their head and then were subjected to being a targeted individual. Other people go a different path where they start with gang stalking. I also went through that as well and hacking, and then it increases in intensity. So then there's the voice of school activation and then the full on remote neural monitoring where your entire nervous system is sort of taken over. I have a client right now. I help people now get out of the nightmare and also help people mm -hmm. shift their reality. Um, spoiler, spoiler alert, you have options. You know, just oh, that's good to know. <laughs> Thank God. Well, uh, well, that's one of my yeah. questions. It's like, how do we block this? <laughs> yeah, it, the key is not blocking it. The key is actually transmuting it <clears throat> and thinking of it as though you are a skier on a black diamond slope. And so mm. you want to increase your ability to go through the experience, but not ignore it. So what ended up happening is I was a targeted individual and I started being like really pressured to do certain things. So for example, um, what happens in the voice, is it okay to go ahead and jump into it? Yeah, go right ahead. Mm, absolutely. Go right ahead, yeah. What happens with the voice to skull experience and there's another gentleman on Rumble, you can research B2K to watch his video and his experience that is very, very insightful. His name is Chris. He was a professional in Silicon Valley, a successful entrepreneur and then had this experience. And his experience is very similar to mine, but we have different flavors. So in my flavor, what happened is that they will take on these roles of the people that you know and that you have unfinished business with. In his situation and in other situations, 
like some of my clients, there are vengeance stories and they'll come into your head. And it's sort of like, the best way to describe it is that you're in your living room, you're watching TV or you're watching Netflix. Somebody walks into your front door, sits down on the couch, takes your remote from you and starts watching stuff nonstop. You have no control over it. A lot of people, when this happens, because it's in their head, right? Because it's in their experience, they get locked into that. And then they're just like, oh, I guess somebody's in my house. Oh, okay, I guess we're just gonna watch all of this. And then it gets abusive. So then it's like watching horror films 24 seven, even when you're asleep, it's on. You can't escape it, it's debilitating. And so what happens is that they come in and because it's in your mind, you are susceptible to it. I thought they were guides. I thought that they, and there are some, some good guides that do help you on the other side, but the human ones that are using technology are very much on breaking you as an individual, on getting you to do things. And so what we know from the MK Ultra programs back in 1950s and 1960s is that they secretly experimented on people, messed with their minds and tried to get them to deliver messages, tried to get them to murder people, and the V2K experience, whether or not it's actually part of MK Ultra, is irrelevant because it actually exists right now. And there are a lot of people experiencing it. They will get you to try to do certain things. And when you resist, such as in my case, your life gets really difficult, such as being incarcerated or hospitalized without fairness, without warning. And it's completely unethical and completely illegal. Mm. So um, I'll ask one question, then I'll let Will, and then we'll we'll go into your false incarceration and stuff too uh, after that. But um, is this is this something that's being implemented on like mass shooters? Um, because under MK Ultra and things, if you look up all these mass shooters, they kind of have resembled the same features, or they're all interconnected actually. Um, and you, if you follow the money, that's what I always say, follow the money, you can find where these people connect with each other. Um, is this voice to skull something that they are doing for us assassinators? Um, I completely think so. Of course, nobody hands you a slip of paper and is like, here's your number, you're in this right. program. And you know, so this is all supposition. And as a neuroscientist, because I didn't learn about this in my school, I have no source knowledge, right? Zero source knowledge about the application of this technology. I have as much information as you do, as your listeners do. If you were to go to Google right now, you would know as much as I know. And so what I, and aside from the personal experience that I've had, so now I have the, the knowledge on the outside and then the experience inward. And what I believe is that absolutely, it is entirely possible that the mass shooters, and I also believe pedophiles, and I believe serial killers are targeted for this because what happens is, and I have a client that I just had to let go because he's too locked in his perceptual experience and I'm concerned about being dangerous. I'm concerned that they've already flipped that switch and that he's about to seriously harm people. And so what happens is, is that you, the way that you process information through your senses, through your eyes, through your ears actually gets distorted even through your body, so your skin and what you feel is completely susceptible to being hacked. There are patents that show this. I have another client that feels like she's being burned alive in her bed while she's sleeping from some of these energy weapons. And so any burning, she has that burning sensation. Yes. Okay. She has burning like her skin is on fire. How about her feet? How about her feet? Oh, she hasn't no. talked about her feet, but I wouldn't, I okay. wouldn't be surprised. And any okay. resistance that she has, and she has a normal job. So the problem is, is that when it starts, and I believe this is for the mass shooters as well, is that it starts slow and then it trains your brain through brain entrainment to alter your perceptual field such that you can't see reality the way that it is being presented to you. It actually warps everything. And then you feel mm -hmm. the victim. And then you go on, depending if you have that inclination and not everybody does, I don't have that inclination, thank goodness. But it, what it does is it, it causes you to retaliate. And that's what we see with the mass shooters is that when you look at like the manifestos of, I think it was the Bay Killer, oh, yeah. 
couple years ago, and he was just completely unhinged. The way that he saw women, the way he saw hate, the way he saw his insecurities of himself that he eventually just targeted people. And so that's what I think the, the ultimate end goal is. And when I see that in action, it's really frightening because when I talk to clients and they tell me about their experience, I can tell that they have turned against their friends and their family and the anger that they're feeling, the rage that they're feeling, they're just ready to snap. And the crazy thing is, is that some of these EMF weapons can actually give you rage. If you look oh, yeah. at the patents, they can affect anger. emotional state. And if you don't have good coping mechanisms, then you, you're, you're done. Go ahead, Will. <laughs> I've I mean, already talked too much. <laughs> I know it's a lot to unpack. I mean, really, it is. I mean, um, Dr. C, have you ever heard of NLP? I have, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, neuro linguistic, uh, or neuro linguistic programming. Exactly. Um, is this part of that, or is this something else that's separate where this is being done with maybe some type of technology? What's the difference maybe between it or is it the same? Maybe if you could maybe elaborate on that. That's a really great question. And so neuro-linguistic programming, just as you know, I'm actually a fan of. Mm -hmm. um, you use it to reprogram the subconscious mind because, right. like, for example, you can write little notes to yourself. Like when I was going through the thick of it, I had this mm -hmm. little note that said, today is the first day of the rest of your life, choose you. And I put it on my refrigerator handle. So every time I opened my refrigerator, I would see that. I changed my passwords to affirmations like you will, it's not my password anymore, any of you hackers, <laughs> <laughs> you will yeah. get through this, you know? And so every oh, time I- Affirmations. Yes, and so that's a very powerful tool of helping your internal state of mind. Now, I'm not clear whether or not that sub um, subconscious programming is used by some of these agencies or some of these people. But what I do know from looking at the patents is and from talking to some of the clients is that whatever stimuli they see, so it could be like a book title, it could be a word, um, it could be something in music. It gets warped into this narrative that is in somebody else's control. So mm. I could tell you, Emily, I could say, you look so lovely today, you know, and I love the lighting, yeah. the background, right? And then right. if you are subjected to this technology, you will hear that not as a compliment, like I was just giving you, you will hear that almost as an attack. And then in the back of your mind, you'll have like a little voice that'll say, I knew it. I knew that she's trying to da 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 da. And then it'll play this stuff like in Netflix 24 seven, even when you're sleeping constantly, right? And well, that negative, that, or you switch positive to negative and that negative thinking stays with you all the time. Exactly. And then there are characters that are, that are literal characters in your mind that are talking to you that are not you. And this mm -hmm. is the big aha that people who go through this experience because go through because they're like, wait a second, this isn't how I talk to myself, or this isn't, this doesn't make sense. Or sometimes they give you information about something that is about to happen and it happens. And so you have this question, like, how is this working? And then you start to think maybe this is God. Mm -hmm. And that's or if it's negative, we always want to say it's the enemy or it's lucifer or satan <clears throat> however you want to say if you look at it that way um, i mean didn't um i mean let me start to interrupt but didn't no, mark david good. chapman when he supposedly read the leaves of graph or those uh, something like that well one of those books like classic books that's what supposedly triggered him to go ahead and shoot ted kennedy i mean or not uh, or lennon or what was it i, I can't remember which it was, one. Lennon, it was right. john lennon wasn't it john lennon yeah 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 but yeah. look at look at what he looks like and compare him to other shooters and stuff. They all have the same demographics, even just silver, serial killers, Ted Bundy, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, all of them. They have the same demographics and almost in the same areas, which Columbus, Ohio. Well, no, that's not where Jim, John Lennon was. He was up in New York at the Dakota. <laughs> right. But right. but uh, Columbus, Ohio, there's specific cities that they use. In my opinion, I don't know. I'm not an expert in this. And Dr. C, you might know more about this. But, um, you know, they use the same demographic person, even somebody that possibly might have mental illness before, and they play off of it. It's very manipulating and, and scary because 
my mind and where I go is because they have Project Bluebeam or they have these DEWs, which this is DEW, direct energy weapon, they're using. For it to be successful, it's going to have to play off the masses. So I think there's a lot more people that are going through this. This is not rare scenarios and rare cases. And I think they play off a lot of in the poor communities and, and things too, where we, where we are out of our mind in a lot of ways. And it, it just, in, and then they also throw in drugs and psychedelics and all that kind of stuff. But does that make a lot of sense if I'm saying that? And Dr. C or? It does. I, so what's interesting, what I'd like to bring up is that recently I watched um, uh, Joe Rogan clip with uh, Mr. Tom O'Neill and Mr. Tom mm -hmm. O'Neill was an investigator, an investigative reporter around the time of the Manson murders and, um, and MK Ultra. And he did a thorough investigation of the documents that came out with MK Ultra. And he actually led him or the data led him to believe that uh, Charles Manson was actually targeted by MK Ultra. And so mm -hmm. this book that he wrote, Chaos, I haven't read it, but if you're um, interested, you can look it up. His arguments are very, very compelling where the MK Ultra program, they lured people, these hippie people in these like commune-like places. And they had plants there that would deliver this secret programming to effectively end psychedelics without the people's knowledge or sometimes with their knowledge because that was a time that, that you know everybody was fine with it. And so then they would try to lead them to kill. And he also believes that there was this one um, Air Force base person who came out of the woods in the middle of the night, scratches and blood everywhere. He had murdered, trigger warning, he had murdered a little girl. And he had done so precisely because he couldn't see the little girl. He saw this, I'm doing this for like the projection system. Psychologists have known that we have a projection system in our mind. This is how we right. build our reality. We've known this for a long time. And this is what the MK Ultra and other programs um, try to adjust. And this is why I believe that touching on the mass awakening or you know activating the masses is really important to understand and elucidate this mechanism in the mind. Because what happens is that this guy didn't see the little girl. He saw somebody who had abused him in childhood. Mm. And then he, mm. he enacted all of his rage, all of his aggression on this three-year-old girl and had no memory of it. And so Mr. O'Neill in his book, again, I haven't read it and I'm going off just the, the clip, talks about how that actually was the purpose of the MK Ultra program. But when they got to Congress, they took out the part about taking out the memories and they're like, oh, nothing, it didn't work, it didn't work and we've stopped it. And so what that has led to is this big black box of how people even way back in the day could be affected by really hijacking your perceptual awareness, how you see people, how you process the information in your body through your senses is hijacked and twisted to somebody else's narrative to get you to do something that they want to do. And so when you talk about Project Bluebeam, this is really interesting because at some point when mass people are affected by this, what is going to happen is that we are going to see chaos, complete chaos. Yeah. And it is going to be ugly, it is going to be deadly, and it's going to be every man for himself. Now, I'm not saying that that is going to happen, but if that's the end game, if this technology is used in this way, not just for individuals, but for masses and collectives and groups, then what we're going to see is going to be very, very frightening and disturbing. Hmm. Reminds me of a movie. Um, you ever watch The Kingsman? Mm -mm. Okay, so the plot of The Kingsman is that Samuel Jackson, who's the antagonist, um, is basically coming out with some type of weapon where he can turn on a certain frequency and everybody starts turning on everybody and start killing each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so again, it, it's like, are they showing us this like right to our face? Like, is this like programming, predictive programming or whatever? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. at one point, the good guy ends up being hijacked mentally and he yeah. ends up going on a major killing spree through a church. <laughs> I believe it. I yeah. believe it. Check it out, Dr. C, if you ever get a chance, please. And then, you know, yeah, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that after because it's exactly what we're talking about right now. I mean, it's just amazing. 
Um, Dr. C, I want to ask one quick question if I can jump in real quick, Emily. Um, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Is this something that is, is this can happen to any person or is this something that any person that maybe is exposed to can be affected by it? Or, I mean, what, what's, what, what's there to say that could be one person to be affected by this or, or not? That's a great question. And what I have observed uh, through multiple people that have reached out to me. So I have a TikTok channel and a YouTube channel where I talk about this openly, uh, the Oblivion series. Now it's the reality shifting series. But from that, I've had a lot of people reach out. And what I can tell is that it kind of seems random is that, I mean, there is uh, recently there is a fisherman in Alaska who uh, works on a boat six months out of the year and all of a sudden woke up and had this. They told him, we're actually with your company. That doesn't make sense, right? Just like it doesn't make sense for me. That's like, we're your enlightenment support team. <laughs> and then they're telling me <laughs> to do some weird stuff. And I'm like, what's going on here? And so, but that's what they do. It comes in and then they tell you something believable. A lot of people feel like it's a past loved one or it's a twin flame, which is like a soulmate on Superdrive. It's like this really incredibly deep experience and you're in separation and then you get this voice in your head and it's like mimicking your loved one. Sometimes it's friends, it's family, it's neighbors. So that makes everybody susceptible because when it comes in, it's very unique to you. And it's like, they're looking for hooks to latch on and whatever, like it'll cycle through a couple of different programs and whatever starts to latch onto you then builds this narrative of characters that they play. And then it's this onslaught and um, it's a, I, I didn't come up with this, but um, Chris, I can't remember his last name. If you Googled the, or on Rumble, the B2K video, the Silicon Valley entrepreneur, yeah. he found that um, it would actually create these treatments and these series of narratives to design to hook you in that followed the torture protocols. So they call it no touch mm. torture. And they use the psychological techniques that the CIA has published, that the yeah. KG has published, that other um, documents have published. And so they'll build you up and then they'll crush you. They'll build you up and they'll crush you. And then ultimately gaining your confidence and compliance over time. And Stockholm syndrome is a very real thing. So anybody that starts to be nice to you in the experience, you suddenly attach onto them. So they're playing good cop and bad cop. Sounds like uh, narcissistic abuse before narcissistic yeah. abuse was even invented. Right? <laughs> yes. That, but my mind goes through because my dad, he's a veteran, Vietnam veteran. Do they, in, in a lot of this voice uh, to skull stuff was implemented firstly in the military. Do they do a lot of this because in PTSD and things post military or for an example, maybe they used to also do things to military people um, with um, brain shock therapy. Um, in, in are they playing off this? Is are they targeted individuals? Maybe, and so I unfortunately that's above my pay grade <laughs> of knowledge. And um, I do know that there are military personnel that have it, and there are normal civilians that have it, and um i it's hard for me to say you know like if it is a military program why would you target your own and especially some of the more abusive scenarios that i experienced it almost seemed like they wanted me to believe it was our military but it was actually somebody else and i felt that it was somebody else because um they hated that i was american and i didn't understand i'm like but i thought we're all american <laughs> you know like What's going on? And then they had beef with the military and seemed to have some some strife, some war game going on that I had no idea about, no participation in whatsoever, but they were um, humiliating me and trying to brutally, mentally and psychologically assault me because of the fact that I was American. So mm. that's why I really feel that it's very important to talk about this from multiple points of view, that we do know that our military has used techniques like this. This is what Havana syndrome is. They went to Cuba and they used yes. this 
This is also what they used in the Iraqi war. There are multiple different V2K voice to skull technology patents. So they have many different techniques. These are old. These are from the 80s and the 90s. So now imagine what we have today. Why do well, we think we're the only one using it? Right? Well, it doesn't make sense. It goes all the way back to microwave uh, technology too in the 40s and 50s. So with my dad being in Vietnam, that was like one of the biggest wars post-World War II. Um, after that, um, it would make a lot of sense if they use that kind of technology to test out on past military people. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of symptoms. I, I, I can't diagnose him. I'm not going to diagnose him. But, I mean, my family's gone through it with him, and, and I have a lot of empathy towards him. He's seen a lot of stuff I never saw. But um, even like the burning of feet, that's why I asked about the feet. Um, earlier yeah um and things so as he's gotten older these things and he's always talked about voices and, and, and stuff too so that's why i asked those questions but uh real quick i'll ask one question and let you go and then i'll have will follow up how did you find out that you were a targeted individual okay so the great question it's all <clears throat> in washington dc as i was finishing my phd program and i'd already finished and I noticed that I was hacked and I was receiving lots of notifications of hacking. And um, I thought that it was like some random person in China that had gotten to my computer, no big deal, change all my passwords, yada, yada, yada. Turns out it was a lot more in depth than I realized. And I started digging. I actually took a year, almost a year working full-time from waking until sleeping to teach myself computer forensics, downloading um, software that law enforcement uses, looking at network monitoring, starting from zero, like starting from just the basics and working my way to understanding that I was thoroughly hacked on multiple, multiple levels. This is what when, a lot when, of- Real quick, hacked though, it's human hacking. It's not like hacked on a computer. Anybody's hacked listening. On computer, every single is device. It? every single device okay i, I was wrong started because this had actually been in the workings for years before i was aware of it and i don't know why this is but i found a hidden folder on my macbook that had a guest account that was set up without my authorization that had um in this hidden folder it had hundreds of images of me and you know like sleeping on the couch with my double chin and you know nobody takes a selfie like that right or, you know, just like face blank, like looking at all of my tabs that are open, hundreds of those. And um, and also my phone and my iPad were syncing with it. And then every night between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m., it would upload the contents of my entire hard drive to a remote server. I also mm. had a man in the middle attack. I had, I mean, it. I, I spent so much time, so much energy and so much money thoroughly investigating this. And I could never escape it. My car my car was following me. When I would turn off my car, it was like I had this little computer that would be like, that could turn on even when my car was off in the console. And I couldn't figure out why my map was showing every direction, every place that I went to, just when I had the GPS, like when I didn't have any routing on, it would show a line of where I was at. It seemed to be me through audio and visual because when I was going on rants talking about the experience and because I was followed and I was in a high-speed car chase and subjected to gang stalking and that's its old like, oh yeah that's a whole oh, wow I went down that rabbit hole of gang stalking. yes so it like escalates for a lot of people it starts off as one thing and then it escalates to another and then it escalates to another and then you're psychologically broken unless you have the strength and the courage to level yourself up, which is the path that I took. Um, it's like a coal mine. Diamonds are created with a tremendous pressure. amount of pressure, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you just want to remain a lump of coal, then you're, you're done, right? But if you look at it as an opportunity to turn yourself into a diamond, then you can make something beautiful out of it. And so when I was driving, I would have people fist pumping me as they were passing cars that I knew were following me as I was ranting about the policies and procedures and the boss, apparently they didn't like their boss. And so then I find these patents for microprocessors that are implemented in vehicles and in personal cars that have audiovisual monitoring 
without the subject's awareness, without their knowledge in real time to determine desired or undesirable behavior. And I sent you one of those patents. Um, mm. And so the technology out there for targeted individuals is very real. It is actually published and it is, it is extreme. So I found out by looking and realizing that I was hacked by being in a high-speed car chase, by writing down license plate numbers my place was broken into. I thought moving across the country would help. It did not help. I changed networks. I changed ISPs. I changed Android to Apple. I There was a, um, a zero-day exploit that was enabling the access of my computer and everything that my computer could hold, even if I unplugged my router. So even if you turn off your device, even if you try to unplug the Wi-Fi. I even uninstalled drivers. I broke I broke my operating system to make sure it couldn't get online. There were actually scripts that would run in the background to re-enable everything to ensure that hmm. I could still be accessed. And I found hidden networks and a hidden partition. So when I say it goes deep, I mean it goes very, very deep. Now, most TIs don't have that expertise, that time, or the ability in their lives to dedicate that much effort to investigating what is going on with them. So not all TIs believe or even know that they're hacked, but there are some who do, and they follow a similar chain of events where it's the hacking, the gang stalking, the VTK and the remote um, neural monitoring. And just real quick, if people want to know what TI, I mean, just targeted individual, um, go ahead, Will. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about yeah. that. Yeah. This is wild. It goes so Uh, deep. It goes extremely deep. Let let me ask you this, Dr. C. Um, Do you think people that were subject of trauma, let's just say, of some sort, um, like, you know, we talked about earlier before we got on uh, NDEs, near-death experiences. um, Do you think people that have been subjected to trauma are more subjected to this or easily more accessible to this type of programming? What's your thoughts on that? I believe so. Um, And this isn't a professional opinion, but just a personal opinion. I believe Mm -hmm. so because when you are susceptible to any sort of abuse or any sort of toxic relationships, right? What you Mm -hmm. accept changes. The barometer of what is acceptable to you is very, very different from somebody who has never experienced abuse. Like imagine somebody just walking into your house, be like, I'm gonna take over your TV. Most people would be like, who the frick are you? You know, like, why are you here? (laughs) Get out, right? But somebody, depending on the methods or somebody that has a history of domination or being oppressed or being a victim. So victim consciousness is really big in the targeted individual community. It was for me as well. Mm -hmm. And so I had my own overcoming of that, those psychological hurdles to get through. Um, And so I... I believe that that's the hook that allows for the technology. Sometimes, I'm I'm not going to say for everybody, but I see it quite often in the TI community that there is victim consciousness, that there's one guy who got really upset with me because he was like, once you have it, you have it for life. And I'm like, they told you that. Why are you believing it? You know, and he's like, of course, yeah. You know, you give up and I'm like, you can't give up. Like if you give up, you're, you're turning into the mush of coal. And so I don't know his history. I don't know his story, but given his personality and some of the indicators that I've seen, I would say that um, that he is somebody that is, if somebody abusive walked into his home, he'd be like, okay, you know? Mm-hmm. I threw up uh, this thing. I threw up this uh, diagram real quick because this is something that was um, published in the 1970s or 1974 might have been um it's off government documents uh, on the fm which we're on fm radio uh right now um how silent hypnosis can be uh, transmitted using a voice frequency module to generate the voice then pulse microwave or voice to skull for distance and cover um what i found really interesting about this too is because i worked in heart and vascular for many many years and i did tell the telemetry and this wave here, um, we would call it vagal from the heart. So it's kind of uh, the frequencies from mind to heart. I don't know. I went maybe a little too deep, but it seems like, um, and it's it's silent too. With with on my end on the heart side, vagaling, you would not know somebody's vagaling unless you're watching the screen. 
So if somebody has these kind of waves going on in their brain, it would be silent in, mm -hmm. in many ways, um, in my opinion. But is this something that you, you talk about too, the Hertz levels in uh, uh, things through, through FM or EMF frequency? No. So this is, this is something that, um, that I'm learning too, as I go along, okay. and like I, I wasn't even aware that these ultra low frequencies could affect our sensory systems like this. So mm -hmm. it was actually quite a surprise. I have a rumble, um, podcast called quantum revolution. And the second okay. episode is you are technology. And I cover some mm -hmm. of these technologies just at a very high level to talk about how we can be hacked. And I had no idea that these ultra low frequencies had the effect on the nervous system like this. So for mainstream culture, it's important to really differentiate that there's this whole body of knowledge and understanding about human hacking that there's not a course in the PhD program that I come from, you know, that most people come from. So most normal scientists are also going to be like, wow, I mean, I guess theoretically it makes sense, right? But I didn't know that this was being used in this way. Well, I just worry about it because of, you know, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and uh, Stingray technology that's been around for a very long time and how they can track people through Stingray, <laughs> um, which came out on a documentary, which was always conspiracy theory to me, even myself re reading about it until I watched A Web of Lies on Netflix and episode five and six, which we've had Brett Johnson on, on our show. Um, they use Stingray technology to catch him um, in, in doing some fraud on the internet. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, so just to me, even back then, that was in the 90s. And they're using mm -hmm. that then? What are they doing now? Now, I believe that they're incorporating AI. And so what a lot of people feel is mm -hmm. that um, the, the voices, the characters that come online are there 24 seven. And they're almost like two dimensional characters. So when I was going through it and I'm not going through it anymore, thankfully, um, I leveled them up because I was like, <laughs> are you two dimensional? Like, what is going on? They're like, you're, I'm evil and I'm evil, I'm taking over the world. And I'm like, what, is this a Disney cartoon play? <laughs> like, what is going on? And so um, for me, it seems like some of the AI implementation now is that they are using <clears throat> the conjunction with this. So people are hearing it nonstop and they're hearing the same characters, the same voices, like they never go to the bathroom. They never have a break, they never have a lunch break. You know, like how, how is that possible? Mm. Well, I'll have you follow up, and then we got a couple comments or questions from the chat too. I'm yeah. Bring up uh, yeah, again, I'm still trying to take all this, and this is great information. Um, Dr. C, what do you think about these binaural beats and things like that on Facebook? Um, yeah. Not Facebook, but YouTube. Like things like that, that all supposedly, okay, let me give an example for those that don't know. They'll say, oh, this is 730 hertz and this is to help you protect yourself against evil, blah, 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 blah. And you're listening to that and you're falling asleep. Um, I am a victim of that. I will firstly say I do that a lot of the times. Uh, it's either that or rain sounds um, that help mm -hmm. me sleep. Um, is that, uh, you know, should I be doing that? Is that part of like some of this programming? <laughs> and now I feel like I'm getting hacked now in, in my sleep. Is that possible? Great question. Great question. Um, yeah. You should really be in tune with your intuition because what mm. your intuition can, it can be tricked, but it's harder to trick than your mind. Your mind and the logic and the rational part of your brain can be taken mm -hmm. advantage of. Your sensory system, the way you process information, like uh, if you start seeing symbology that is very negative, then that's like, you have to be careful of that because that's your sensory system that can be hijacked, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to your intuition, this is like its own guidance system in your body. So if that type of music is relaxing for you, if the wave sounds, the white noise, brown noise in some cases, like you'll feel it. Um, subliminal imaging, actually the studies in neuroscience, I didn't study this personally, but I've read the papers because I teach intuition as part of my, my coaching. Um, what happens is that subliminal information is given to you, usually in your eyes, faster than your mind can process. And so your body responds to it. So when they take people into a lab and they flash a picture in their right eye, 
um, really, really fast, and it's a negative picture like of a weapon or something like that, their heart rate will increase, their palms, palms will get sweaty, and their body will register it. So your intuitive system actually registers with your body. So if you are feeling relaxed, if you're feeling peaceful about it, I say go ahead. Now, whether or not it really modulates the brainwave activity and pulls you into, let's say, like gamma state or something like that, I personally don't know. I believe that it's very individualistic. I don't use them. I follow my own meditation protocol um, mm -hmm. to shift my own brainwave activity. But I do know that the binaural beats and certain frequencies do work for a lot of people, but I don't know, like I haven't actually measured it to make sure that it follows that standard or if it's right. just a mu musician saying that. So right. that's why I'd, I say you have to feel it. And if you're mm -hmm. feeling comfortable, go for it. I would. Yeah. I actually got to the point where I listened to sounds of an old radio playing in another room. While rain is playing, <laughs> that's how bad oh, it is. Well, hold on. I, I just want to talk it's about Tinnitus real quick. We got a yeah. couple comments. I need to bring up too. We're gonna Please. go a little bit. Yes. We have time to go go a little bit over tonight. But um, like I have constant static going. I have a lot of tinnitus. A lot. Um, I'm not diagnosed with it, but the high ringing, especially at nighttime. But I almost have like one of them static frequency or static sounds going on in the background a fan i have a static machine at night i listen to it how common is that in something that possibly might be voice to skull is that common i don't know how common it is but i do know the people that have voice to skull do hear different frequencies and complain of um tinnitus or tinnitus but people who don't have voice to skull also have it so I don't know if we can map it one to one, but okay. what I can say is that when I was going through my PhD program, I had a friend that actually worked on research doing this and it was still unsolved. It's an unsolved mystery. And um, I don't know, you know, that's been many, many years. And so they've, I'm sure made more progress. But what I can say is that for the alleviation of voice to school and for tinnitus, regardless of whether or not it's coming from a malfeasance source or not is brain entrainment so when you train your brain to listen to the environment listen to the fan listen to the waves listen to the rain gets rid of that ringing gets rid exactly. of the ringing it it dampens it so what you want to do is you want to modulate your attention and the more you attend to it the more it grows and this is a principle in manifestation as well so if you have a negative reality that's coming into view the more you are attending and energetically interacting with it, the bigger it grows. All right, I'm gonna go to some comments here or questions here. We got three of them I wanna share. Dr. Two of them from Dr. Dean. Dean, and yeah. he likes to use these big words. <laughs> Differentiate, influencing, persecutory, delusions. Dr. Dean, you don't have to do Dr. this Dean. to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to differentiate, differentiate um, a genuine V2 skull experience with the influencing machine, persecute, I can't even say that. Persecutory. Persecutory delusion common to schizophrenia, which that makes a lot of sense. Like, but they want to label people schizophrenic. It, in my personal <clears throat> opinion, and I'm not a doctor, I, I just read a lot. Okay, everybody. But I just think that, especially with the insane asylums we had all those years, I feel like all these people are guinea pigs and it gives us an easy way out. To, to diagnose somebody as schizophrenic when they're actually being manipulated by a machine, the influencing machine that's voice to spall to demonstrate or, or I think Project Bluebeam is their ultimate goal on this to create hysteria and, and chaos. Um, but, you know, I haven't gone, what, Dr. C, you're the one that has, has the doc, doctor here. <laughs> what do you think about what do you think about this? Because he also says it's been well documented in me medical literature since the early 1800s. I love this question because I spend time thinking about this too. Like, what is the difference between the etiology of schizophrenia, which is a dopaminergic imbalance, right, in a certain part of the brain that usually has a genetic component, almost always, and manifests itself early on in somebody's life? 
So now we know that there is an etiology that is genetic. So that means that somebody in the family, usually a parent will have schizophrenia and then that raises your risk factor. Then there is the um, fact that you usually have a, an episode before you're 20, 25 in some cases. And I'm not up to date on this literature, so forgive me if the details are a little off. But you'll know, like, because you will have to, you will have these disturbances beforehand. And um, and then how do we say, let's say we medicate, we give some sort of antipsychotic, right? Does the V2K still happen? I think this is a really great experimental so. question and one that I don't know. And I have some thoughts about this. I believe that there is schizophrenia. And to your point, Dean, because it was thoroughly documented in the early 1800s, which predates the technology. I love that critical thinking, unless reality as we know it is not how it is shown on TV. And unless time and history, and for those of you who are in the alt history and the great resets and the mud. Oh yeah, mud blood. Sure, what happened to Tartaria, you know? Mm -hmm. Unless there's something much bigger that is being hidden. And if time is not actually linear, like the way that we have been taught. And um, because they have shown that there have been the presence of ETs and UAPs predating what we thought was even possible. And even some ancient civilizations may have had contact with UAPs and ETs. And it's a big question mark for me. So I, I don't personally or professionally know. I think it's a very intriguing question, but I do know that there are people that in their adult life have these symptoms that do not seem to be related to schizophrenia. And um, I also believe that the DSM can be weaponized. We see that with MKUltra. Psychiatrists that were actually undercover working for the MKUltra program yeah. were doing these secret experiments on people. And if they are the ones that are labeling them and saying, oh, well, this patient is schizophrenic or, oh, they have psychosis or whatever it is, they then have a population base that is disempowered, that has no voice, and is sort of like, oh, well, I guess I'm broken as a human being. And meanwhile, they're actually being subjected to this experimental technique for mind control. So the DSM has been known to be weaponized on people. And we do know that experiments, and I reference again Tom O'Neill, we do know that experiments have been done in prisons and in hospitals. Oh, yeah. And and you have a prison um, or false arrest experience, where, which we're not going to. So that just means that we're going to have a, like a part two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully you'll come back. But uh, Dean, I'm going to follow up with this. And then we have another question with Kathy Hess. That's a uh, uh, faithful viewer too of the show. But mm -hmm. Dean says he's he's going back. He's going back to 1797. Doctor Dean. Of course, Doctor Dean goes back uh, to 1797. <laughs> I think it's important to note that James Tilly Matthews, a classic case in the medical literature, was in, institutionalized in Bedlam in 19 or 1797 after claiming to be targeted by a group of conspirators he called the Heirloom Gang, whom he believed he was using esoteric esoteric machine to beam thoughts. Um, into his head and use rays of torture, which we're talking about these laser beams or direct energy weapons and Tesla, because I don't, I, I never learned about Tesla in, in school or anything, but Tesla has been coming up here a lot. And I learned a lot about him down that rabbit hole a few years ago um, with these laser beams. I mean, they can target anybody anywhere and have multiple lasers mm -hmm. coming in. That's what I have observed too. And I had no idea that there was a record like that in the late 1700s. That's really, really intriguing, particularly as we think about being in a multiverse. And um, I just want to give a prelude. I believe that uh, the work of Dr. Um, Stephen Greer is very important. And mm -hmm. so first of all, I just want to say that Project Blue Beam can exist and there can be a PSYOP to try to trick us or to turn us against some species, right? And there can mm -hmm. also be the presence of actual ETs. And I have personally experienced them. And so, and I'm just saying that as not as a professional, but as somebody that has gone through multiple contact encounters. And what I believe is that 
Mr. Greer's work is critically important because he indicates that there is a secret military group yes. that has these advanced technologies that are hiding it from us, right? That it's almost like, and he so alludes to dual this. Dual say base, isn't it the base? <laughs> dual say something, the Air Force base or something like that? Oh, different bases. Yeah. Right. So this, I believe, is interdimensional technology. And it is being used because there is a group of people that actually know that we are in a multiverse. And if you listen to my Oblivion series, the very last episode gets into some of the evidence that I saw of these other worlds other actual physical planes of existences that you could potentially access through reality shifting. It is actually a very real phenomenon. I believe that that's where this technology is being used because there are a lot of targeted individuals that have people upstairs that don't make sense. Like this guy lives in his parents' house and he is under the influence of remote um, neural monitoring technology, like one of the more advanced applications of it. And he hears footsteps upstairs and has people in the attic, which doesn't make mm -hmm. sense. But get this, his, <clears throat> dog, his dog actually looks and responds to mm -hmm. the people. I've known somebody else in Costa Rica, this woman who lived in a barn. I actually physically saw the barn. There was nothing up there, right? She also had the same experience. And guess what? Her dog could sense people up there even though there was no people to see mm -hmm. so we are in a very very murky situation where dr greer's work actually talks about people in cloaked devices so people standing in front mm -hmm. of you that are invisible hologram would that be hologram no it's different no, it's just cloaking um, it's yeah they actually have a i don't, I don't know about cloaking oh my gosh you're going to give me a rabbit hole to go down yeah mm -hmm. okay. oh yeah so oh, yeah. watch his three-hour press national press conference. I believe it was July of this mm -hmm. year. Yep. Stop the PowerPoint and read through the technologies and listen okay. to the witness testimony, and you'll start to get a sense of what I believe is actually happening, which is how we could have a report in the 1700s of somebody talking about this experience, and. I mean, it's just—it's mind-blowing. It's really mm -hmm. mind-blowing. Reality is not like it is shown on TV. Definitely not. Definitely and Kathy, not. Kathy has Kathy has this last question. We'll follow up with this, and then um, I'll have Will follow up after it too. But um, this has to be spiritual, right? I would think I would like to believe God would help protect the believer. I mean, I think it, it, it is. I think, in my personal opinion, I think it's spiritual warfare. But you got to know who your enemy is and who you're fighting, and, and then arm yourself the right way, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, all that. What, what what's your opinion on that, Dr. C? I think this is another great question. Um, it's actually a really, really deep question. And that is, does it happen to non-believers who are not spiritual? Yes. Does it happen yeah. to those who are spiritual? Yes, it does. And I believe that uh, there is divine protection. I received support. I received help to get out of the situation. I made friends with flies. I made friends with any sentient being. I made friends with fungi, with bacteria, whoever would listen to me when I was going through it, when I felt like I was in some of the nightmare realms. And eventually I got a hold of some divine intervention that really edified my own spiritual beliefs. So I do believe that if you're spiritual, it gives you an advantage because you know that you have whoever on your side, whatever your higher group is, Power. they right. do have they do they they do come to it <clears throat> interesting i have a theory i really think that um these parallel you know universes do exist and then when we try to manifest something you know when we try to say suggest things and things like that we're calling onto that other plane and things are just kind of skipping over yes. and i really do believe that i, mean, I that's just love my that i yeah. love interpretation i absolutely yeah. believe that and it's actually our sensory system that bootstraps us into a linear existence right. and so if you watch my reality shifting series on youtube or tiktok you'll get a better understanding of that but it's actually like the way that our brain processes information is an illusion mm -hmm. other mm -hmm. thought leaders in neuroscience are talking about this reality as we see it is not real and we don't like it's it's amazing to think about but it's the way that our our information is processed through our body and the way that our cognition is structured 
that creates a simulation of reality that we then perceive as linear. But in fact, now the data is showing that it's not. It's not. Mm. Well, real quick, Dr. C, the hour goes by so fast. Uh, we appreciate you very, Always. very much. Um, <laughs> before we let you go, I got your email up. People can reach out to you at sacredjourneyproduction.gmail. I have TikTok and because um, that's where I found you and Rumble Sacred Journey Productions because we're not shadow banned on Rumble. But where else can people find you and, and get in touch with you uh, real quick? Yep, that's pretty much it. And then I'm also on YouTube at Sacred Journey Productions as well. Instagram is for my um, psychedelic retreat business. I do work in psychedelics, but not in a creepy mind control way um, and a consciousness <laughs> expansion way. I like that. And, because I do believe in plant medicine and yes. uh, there is a consciousness there. DMT, yes. I haven't oh, yeah. done DMT, but I know people that have I absolutely do. had interesting experiences. I so, want to try. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I definitely want to try. <clears throat> Mm. I, I believe in our herbal remedies and stuff. I, I've, I've had my own testimony with that, but we thank you, Dr. C, so much. We'll let you go. Obviously, I'm going to get in touch with you to thank come you. back on the show, and, and we appreciate all the yes. hard work you're doing in your testimony because it takes a lot for somebody to come up and talk about, about these things, and, and we'll get more into mm -hmm. that, too, the next time you're on. So we appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It thank was you, Dr. Pleasure. C. Everybody. Sorry. Thank you. There we go, Dr. C in the house. Dr. C. Oh my gosh. Like it's great. I'm so I'm so excited that I found her on TikTok. Everybody TikToks at Sacred Journeys and her story, like she she really programs it well over there. Um and, and just listen to her story. It goes really deep. And obviously we can't go through that in one hour. But I'm gonna tell you this. Of Everybody's course. like, you need to extend this and go live over somewhere else i'm telling you right now i'm working on page tell the radio station yeah there radio, we go yeah, the, yeah, yeah, message uprn or message one of those we i'm starting a patreon it will be a paywall but it's not gonna be expensive it's like two bucks three bucks a month or something is what i'm waiting on approval on that because i'm going to start booking i'm start i'm going to start booking um uh guests for two hours rather than one hour we'll go live here on the radio take a 10, 15 minute break and go live on Patreon after Absolutely. that for an after show to yeah. continue. And then it's always so much more information that we always have to cover. We just never get to it. And, and then, you know, over on Patreon, we're going to open it up like we're on the radio so we can have, like we might be able to do a pre-recording and post on the radio. So we really appreciate everybody tuning in. We love you all. And, and um, the support is phenomenal. And yes. we thank you, thank you with all of our hearts, especially in Good Pods. Go over to Good, good Pods, follow us on Good Pods. Um, and thank you here on 107.7 FM New Orleans. Up next is the Church of Mabus. So stay with us. Don't leave. They're awesome and amazing. And thank you for everybody for your questions. We love you all. Have a wonderful weekend. Actually, next week is October. Haunted October. Haunted October. Yeah. We got Daryl Marston from Ghost yep. Hunters. We got Tammy Chavez from Hollywood. We got Omar, which that's not really his name. So I got to figure <laughs> out if he wants to be called his real name or not. Oh, we'll have to figure <laughs> that out. O Omar Gosh TV. That's our nut. We're going to dress up. Hopefully, you have a costume. I got a lot of costumes. Okay. <laughs> We're going to dress up for Omar. And then we got Nick Simmons from Netflix 28 Days Haunted. So the whole month of October is just going to be super fun, all kinds of paranormal stuff going on. So we love you all. We appreciate you. We'll be next. Uh, we'll be back here next week. Uh, first week of October here on 107.7 FM New Orleans. Have a wonderful weekend. Good night, everybody.